Hello, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. First, I'm going to announce this week's winner of my Everything Guide to Nootropics book since they left a review for the podcast on iTunes. That is Jill896. Please contact us through my website, and I'll make sure that we get a book shipped out to you. Jill said that she really loved the more in-depth episodes, and she wants more of those on specific topics such as IBS. So thanks for your review, Jill. Today we're talking with Bridget Danner, who's an acupuncturist and a friend of mine. She's invited me to speak at her online event. It's a hormone conference, essentially, and there's tons of big names in functional medicine, so I'm super grateful to even be part of this event. You can go register for that at notjustpaleo.com slash hormones. Also, back at my website, you'll be able to set that free consultation up with me, and we'll talk on the phone at no charge about your health goals and symptoms and see if we're a good fit. Here we go. Hello, Bridget. Welcome to the show. Hi, Evan. So happy to be here. Hey, well, it's fun to be with a fellow podcaster. So before we get going, tell people about your podcast and what type of messages you're sharing on there. Yeah, so it's called Women's Wellness Radio, and it's a bit of a variety show for women's health. So we talk about nutrition and mindset and definitely talk about things unique to women like hormones and pregnancy and um, postpartum depression. Uh, but yeah, it's just a variety show. It's usually an interview show, although I'm starting to do more, um, like little rants of my own <laughs> about health. Uh, so that's coming up this in 2016. So you're saying maybe you're more interested or passionate in ranting as opposed to interviewing people? No, I I really like to interview people, but um, I think just to add some like extra content and let people get to know me better, I'm gonna occasionally add um, some you know something I've been studying lately or something I I want to share, kind of like a little mini episode with me every now and then. I agree. Well, that's what I've been doing. I don't know if you've checked my show lately. That's what I've been doing, and it's been going so good. People are like, "Oh, this is great," because you know you start talking with people and. It's like you're trying to extract the nuggets out. So you may do a whole podcast for an hour and then you get the nugget of remove this food and tweak this and that's it. And it's like, "Mm, that was a lot of time investment for people to listen. If I just did a 20 minute rant, I could have likely gone deeper and been more passionate about what I wanted to say instead of trying to pry that out of the person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I was kind of held back by some perfectionism before, but I'm trying to just be like, okay, like, I want to talk a little bit about thyroid. Let me write a rough outline and then just like bust it out. <laughs> you should listen to my episode I did a few a few episodes ago called The Perfection Deception. Mm, I think I saw that listed. I was just listening today to you being interviewed by Dave Asprey about the nervous system. But, yeah. uh, I didn't get to that other one yet. You got to check it out. And I, and the, the only reason I did that show on it is because I, I read uh, a book about perfectionism and how it could stem from childhood and all this crazy stuff and how it affects every aspect of your life and burns you out and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, it's not that to say that I'm uh, any better, but it, it's helpful. It's helpful. So anyway, so let's talk yeah. about you. So you graduated in 2003 in Chinese medicine, and then you've sort of branched off into other sorts of health expertise. Do you want to take us through your journey for a few minutes? Yeah, so I went to Chinese medicine school. I studied art in in 
in college and kind of by the end of college, I was like, you know, I'm a Virgo. I need to do something a little more practical. I want to save the world. I was, you know, really interested in, in the environment. So in kind of searching for, you know, what to go back and study, I thought about doing something environmental, but I was personally very interested in health. I was like learning to cook and garden more and, um, ended up going to, to Chinese medicine school as kind of a way to on one on one on one change the way people live initially as kind of this environmental reason. Um, so then I got really immersed in Chinese medicine, which is definitely its own system and um, and really love that. Moved to Portland, Oregon, where people are already pretty environmentally conscious and um, yeah, I just ended up doing more like focusing more on the medicine and you know, just learning the craft, so to speak. Um, then I opened a wellness center with other practitioners and we had yoga initially. And then um, I got burnt out. You know, I was, wasn't doing well with my own health. And that's really what got me to explore other tools. So I started, uh, I, I had my first coach. I was learning a lot more about nutrition because frankly, I didn't really learn proper nutrition, I would say, in Chinese medicine school. So I had a lot to learn. I started learning about functional medicine kind of before I, it even had a name to it or before I knew what it was called. So just was like putting those tools together for my own health and, and you know, to pull myself out of, of where I was with like some postpartum depression, some adrenal burnout. I had Epstein-Barr virus. So I, you know, I found these tools and they were helpful for me and I became really excited to, to share them with other women and in particular because I guess because I went through this postpartum period that was very difficult and I just, I don't know, like a fire lit that like I didn't want other women to have to go through that. So, and then like I became very passionate about online. You know, when you're home with a baby, the online world is kind of like all you have sometimes. So I really like found how cool it was to to share resources online. So that's you know that's sort of the story of how I got to where I am today. That's cool. So how do you feel now? In my body? Yeah. Well, I still have some things you know I'm working on with my health. Seems like pretty much always. Yeah. But a lot of things are better. My habits are way better. Um, you know, my mindset is is way better. Uh, my knowledge is way better. My support system is way better. Lately, I'm dealing with like some, uh, I'm having some like low free T3. And so I'm, that's my new thing to figure out. It's like, I don't know where that, why that's coming up. So that's my latest project <laughs> in my body. But I've definitely fixed a lot of things with functional medicine. I found out I had H. pylori this past summer and resolved that. So yeah, I'm like my own little guinea pig, right? We all are. So did you find the H. pylori via stool test or did you do breath or what did you what you do for that? Did stool test, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how common it is. And I mean, even parasites now, to me, it's almost like one in three people. I'll find something, whether it's a blasto or some other type of uh, intomeba histolytica. I mean, there's so much out there. It's like, geez, no wonder everybody's so tired. And yet most people never they never even get close to, to discovering that that stuff is the the true culprit and then they go and get the red bull or whatever and just keep pushing yeah yeah you know sometimes i wonder it's like well maybe we can go undiagnosed on a lot of things like 
But but ultimately, we want to feel good in our bodies. So if you can say, well, I'm feeling great, then maybe don't don't if you're feeling great without the Red Bull, then maybe you don't need to test your stool. <laughs> you don't need to find out. But if you're not feeling great and, you know, despite your best efforts, then I think testing is worth it. Yeah, I, I do admit sometimes ignorance is bliss. I mean, you and I were definitely deep inside the, the wellness matrix now. And once you're here, you can't go back. No. <laughs> For sure. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about fertility a little bit. This is something that you you sort of specialize in and you like to talk about. My wife luckily had no trouble with fertility, and we have our baby coming, which you and I were talking about, which is exciting. What do people get wrong when they're trying to have babies? Is it that they are starting with bad hormones in the first place? Is it the diet that's bad in the first place? What is sort of the biggest couple of roadblocks that prevent people from conceiving healthy. Yeah, and Evan, I definitely want to make sure we get a lot of nuggets out of this show. And I know a lot about fertility, so feel free to like dig deep into this topic if you want. So what do people get wrong? I mean, I would say for starters, uh, you know, most people when they're going to think about having a baby, they've usually been on birth control until that point. And they've usually often been living in a way somewhat unconscious of like my baby, you know, my body's going to hold a baby soon. So I think people just often like, okay, it's time to have a baby. You know, I've checked off the list. I'm married. I live, got bought a house, whatever. Now it's time to have a baby. And there really isn't any health planning going on around that. So, you know, some people do get off the pill and there is a bit, sometimes a bit of a rebound and you get pregnant right away. But if you've been on birth control, and you come off, it's often can be a long process to let your uh, hormones resync again. So allowing that time is one idea. And whether or not you have been on the pill, thinking about the fact that you're going to conceive a child and you want to give them their best chance in life, you really want your body to be like a temple, you know, so taking the time if you're not already there to really clean out your body you know, do a do a nice detox with a practitioner really be eating nourishing foods you know eating regularly going to bed on time it's funny i find a lot of my clients you know who don't have kids they they're you know they're up late working or watching movies um you know they're eating late they're skipping meals cuz they're career people they're busy and one thing that's interesting that happens when you do have a kid is suddenly now you're on a schedule. So you've got to feed your baby at a certain time and you've, you know, you've got to feed your toddler at a certain time and you go to bed because your baby's going to wake up early. So kind of, it's almost like you have to pretend you're a mother already. You know, you have to kind of slow down the pace, you know, not going out for drinks so much and you know, just living like a more simple life, like a health filled life and giving your body that nourishment it needs you know, to to make a sperm and an egg, well, the egg's already made, but it gets influenced by what nutrients are in your bloodstream and, and your health. And to make sperm, which men are making like constantly on a daily basis, you need all your micronutrients and your macronutrients. You need, like you said, your hormone systems working correctly. So just kind of being conscious of that. There's a concept of conscious conception where you're just, you know, getting your body ready consciously um, for what's about to happen. That makes sense. So how about the male's role? I mean, guys are probably like, well, this, I'm turning my ears off now. There's a huge role in, in men too. And being a go-getter, pushing yourself too hard physically, are these the type of things that, that mess it up for the man? 
Yeah, with men, I mean, men definitely play a role. And I'd love to talk more about the relationship between men and women and how they communicate when they're getting trying to get pregnant, because I think that's really huge. But yeah, for men, I mean, it's it's really critical. It's like the genetics of both parties. And I think because women's bodies, yeah, we are more complicated and we're holding the baby. There is kind of more to it for women, but the genetics are completely equal. And if that genetic material from, from the male is insufficient, then there's a greater chance of miscarriage. If you're making just a less quantity of sperm, a less quality of sperm, there's just a, a greater chance of infertility, you know, male infertility. So, yeah, there's definitely things for, for men to do. Um, I don't know about you, Evan, but, you know, I think it's a little more acceptable that I see in the culture f- for women to be healthy and it's a little, like, less, you know, it's you get more teased if you're a man and you're trying to be healthy sometimes. So, um, you know, so if men are, like, going out for drinks after work or, you know, just feeling like they can eat anything and they should eat anything because <laughs> they're a man and <laughs> it's their right or something... Um, I think that there, that that needs to be thought about. It's like, is that how you want to raise your kid? And is that what you want to put into your body to make a kid? That is funny. I get bullied by my grandma's sister. My, she's my great aunt Paula. She is hilarious. I mean, every time we're, we're over at her house, she's, I guess she's probably 70 or so. She makes fun of makes fun of us for my bedtime because I'll go to bed nine, nine 30 every single night and uh it's just a, it's just a constant laughter i can't give any examples of of her particular jokes but i mean i'm always getting bullied in a way that that i love it's a loving bully but it's uh it's so funny it's almost like people are jealous when you do have a lifestyle that makes sense they know that they can't ever achieve that type of lifestyle so then they start coming out sideways at you even if it is joking you know kind of subconsciously feeling like man i wish i could i could do that and I don't know if you experience that with your family or your friend, but it, it's common for me. Yeah, I absolutely. So when I like go away to my relative's house, sometimes like I want to like sleep more. It's like, oh, good, I get sleep. Someone will play with my son in the morning. So usually I'll go to bed early when I put my son to bed. But like I remember one night, that, you know, and everyone will tease me. So one night I stayed up, and you know they're playing card games and shooting the shit and drinking. And they're like, oh, you stayed up. And I'm like, yeah, so far it's like totally not worth it. <laughs> like <laughs> this sitting around shooting the shit is like totally not worth it. I'd rather be in bed right now. <laughs> I agree. I know. I know. It, it's, it, suck, it sucks to say that sometimes because you're like, man, I wish that it was awesome enough to stay awake. But it's once the sun goes down, there's really not that many great things that are going to happen with anybody. No, no, no. They're going to sit around. Watch yeah. TV, artificial light. I mean, there's not many benefits to being up at night. No, my husband will always joke, you know, if he's up late drinking, he's like, yeah, we had so many good ideas, <laughs> you know, but he can't. Of course, in the morning, you can't remember them or they all seem like bad ideas. Right. <laughs> Do you want me to talk a little bit about something I learned? So as far as men and women for fertility, I think one of the really most important things, like if I could tell you probably my biggest takeaway from doing fertility work for a few years really consistently was um, that the, the the man and the woman, and I know there's couples that aren't men and women, but I'll use that as an example. They really need to get on the same page with their fertility plan. Because what I see very often is 
know, again, people try to have a baby without really putting any thought into it, just thinking, well, you know, we'll get off birth control and it'll happen. And But in fact, you know, it may not happen right away. And also you just, it's best to, you know, get coordinated on your nutrition and, and what you want to do. So what I see very often is, you know, we're not getting pregnant right away and a woman starts seeking help and maybe she's interested in natural medicine and she comes to me and, you know, she wants to try some things. And then I talk to her about her husband's health and, and then there starts to be a disconnect. Like he doesn't believe in natural medicine or he thinks it's hokey or he doesn't, he's never heard of me and he wants to see a doctor or maybe they have seen a doctor, but it didn't really work. And there starts to be like a lot of problems in the relationship thanks to this fertility stress. And then that becomes, yeah, it's so common. Uh, And then that becomes like a huge thing. You know, they're not talking. Then even like the sex is affected, right? Because it's like you're, you're in bad terms and you have to have sex at a certain time of the month. And often men really resent that, that they have to have it like on demand. Well, it doesn't really feel like on demand if you're in good communication with your partner and you're happy, uh, then it's just like natural. But if there starts to be tension in the relationship about how fertility decisions are made, that's a big, big problem. And I, I think it's it's very hard on, on the women that I see because they don't feel supported. And then the men, you know, they kind of shut down and, and detach. So... I would say, and I don't think this is talked about enough, like if you're thinking of conceiving now or you're trying or you will be in three years with your partner, uh, really have those conversations early about what your health care is going to look like, what the choices you're going to make, um, also how much each person will be involved. Often I think the woman feels like she's doing all the appointments, she's making all these changes in her diet, and she feels like her partner is not. He's just doing the same old thing. He's playing Nintendo and hanging out with his friends and there starts to be like resentment there. So super key is like you're having a baby because you are a team and you have a new challenge now, which is how to bring a human into the world in this conscious, healthy way. And you really need to sit down and and take the time to talk about how that's going to happen and what you're both willing to do. Totally. The world will be a different place if everyone sat down and just planned a little bit or thought about their decision. Yeah. And even as these are really educated people, you know, people have good careers and they're smart people, um, it, but they just haven't put much thought into this area. If I find people put a lot more thought into having the right house, making the baby room, you know, people are already picking out the right stroller before they even conceived like the baby so take a few steps back (laughs) you know get your health in order that's that's great now let's talk about supplements a little bit this is a topic whiplash so bear with me here in terms of everyday blanket statement supplements and and i get more and more cautious as the years go on about recommending stuff with people because then they blame it on you oh i took magnesium and whatever i got too sleepy you know so you had a top 10 supplements list that you created, and I just wanted to ask about a couple of those and how you incorporate those. One was the aloe vera juice. So I had a free sample of that the other day, and it was disgustingly tasty. But, <laughs> oh, just tasty. Okay. Yeah, yeah the taste <laughs> was disgusting, but I know aloe vera is so good, and I've actually I've tried a couple different companies' drinks that have aloe vera in them where you can kind of chew some of the leaf in the drink, and I really, really enjoyed that, but... 
when and what do you use that for? Yeah, so aloe vera is very soothing to the digestive tract. So let's say you're having like a bit of an upset stomach. You can be hitting the aloe vera a little harder. And one thing I learned this last year that um, I was really jazzed about with aloe vera is is it really because it kind of soothes the digestive tract and helps build the mucosal layer, it sort of also helps with absorption. So if you take aloe while you take another supplement, it actually helps it absorb better. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the taste is that bad personally. And it's just like, it's nice to have things that aren't always in pills, right? So you can have a little shot of aloe vera or put it in your smoothie. It also encourages like stem cell growth. So um, just for any like joint injuries or any like part of your body you're trying to rebuild and repair, aloe has that property. You can also, I, I never see this at the store, but you can supposedly, you know, buy like a big leaf of aloe vera. Or you can have a little aloe vera plant, but you can buy a big leaf of it and kind of um, fillet it yourself and use that jelly to make um, to make like a dessert or you know to just just eat or put in your smoothie. So that's pretty cool. I've done that when when I lived down in Austin. We went to I think it might have been a, a place called Central Market. I can't remember, but we bought a huge, really fat piece of aloe and I would just chop the chunks off and eat it plain or I would just throw it in a smoothie and it was awesome. I tried to recommend it to my dad with, he's got diverticulitis or losis, I can't remember which one you call it, but I know aloe is supposed to be super healing for just the whole GI tract in general. I wish a lot more people would use aloe as opposed to immediately running to Tums or something like that for for those mild irritations. Yeah, there's. I can kind of piggyback on the aloe. If if you're having like a flare up, somebody just texted me the other day. I was having. They felt like food poisoning. You can do uh, activated charcoal. You can do bentonite clay in a, like a liquid that you can buy at the health food store. Um, you could do like ginger tea. Um, you know, bone broth is more of a long-term thing, but it's soothing. Uh, and then there's one more product I put on that list called GI Revive. Mm-hmm. It's like this powder drink you can make with, and it has like marshmallow and glutamine. And it is really powerful and awesome and it tastes good. It's like a little, you know, naturally sweetened powder and it tastes like peaches <laughs> and, uh, it's so soothing. Like it really builds that mucosal lining. Like, you know, you're, if you're having trouble, like moving a bowel movement out or feeling like your gut is irritated, you, you do that one or two times a day. And it's just like this, it just smooths everything <laughs> out. It's pretty, pretty amazing product. That's neat. Now, and then obviously the last one that, you know, that I wanted to mention, which many, many people have already in their pantry is just natural calm using magnesium. You mentioned that it's good for hormones and I've noticed in my wife, but also women that I've been helping out that their cramps are, I wouldn't say a hundred percent eliminated, but pretty darn close in some cases just by getting in some more magnesium. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Menstrual cramps, you know, if women report to me, they have menstrual cramps, I'm, I'm usually, I'm like, look, in 99% of the cases, it's, this is going to be an easy fix. And so you need magnesium, water, and fish oil. And the most important of those three is probably the magnesium. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have tried various different types of magnesium over the years. Um, I mentioned Natural Calm in that article. But, 
know, I have it in a pill. Usually I take it in a pill form at night. Um, I have tried uh, the, what do you call it? The subdermal. Mm-hmm. Um, the transdermal. Transdermal. There you go. Which to me is kind of itchy. I'm not crazy about it, but I'll, I'll put it in my bath and then it doesn't make me itch in there. Yeah, I've I've tried. I've I've had the oils, the sprays, the lotions, the Epsom salt, the float tanks. I don't know. They're all good. It's hard to say. It is funny. One time I was uh, working with one of my friends. She was testing some different supplements on me, and she basically diagnosed me saying, you are way overdoing it with magnesium. I mean, I was doing all of this stuff all the time, and she's like, your balance is off. Look how bad your muscle... It was, it was kind of like muscle testing, but not muscle testing, and she was like, wow, look how badly you're reacting to magnesium. So when she added in like some calcium onto my body, I became instantly stronger. She's like, wow, you're throwing off your balance. I've never seen this before. And anyway, she said yeah, I was overdoing it. I, and that's a good point too because you can do like multi-minerals. And for a long time I did this one called A to B Calm. It's like calcium and magnesium that I really liked. It's like really nice and calming. Um, I've done, yeah, different little multi-minerals. There's some debate on calcium supplements, right? And, right. you know, are they bad for us? Are they inflammatory? So, you know, for the moment, I've kind of like pulled back on taking additional calcium. But I know, I know, for instance, the Caltons who do all that micronutrient research, you know, they still have calcium in their formulation. So I feel like it's a bit of research I need to revisit. It's It's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, I've personally stayed away from calcium almost 100% in terms of supplements, unless it just happens to be in some amazing formula, and then I'll put it in there. But it just seems like most of the time the research is pointing at we need calcium, but that you're going to get most of it through diet and through having bones. I mean, your body's basically going to go through that breakdown process and get enough of it that it needs. But that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. <laughs> Let, let's talk about your summit, because this is sort of your biggest project and undertaking yet from everything you've learned from your patients and your work and your podcast and all the stuff you've been doing. Now you're combining all this stuff into one massive project with dozens of other experts in this same field. So fill us in on on what it is and, and when this thing's happening. Sure. And I, I want to give a little background, which is I've had a couple small fertility summits that I've done on my own before, because for a few years, I really focused on fertility. Um, but I kind of I hit a, a point with that where I was feeling frustrated. I think part of that was um, it's a hard field. You know, there's a lot of emotions going on and it, clients tend to, now that I've been in the fertility field a, a while, they, they sort of do a lot of hopping around and it, it's you know, a seasoned practitioner in fertility has just kind of accepts that <laughs> because because um, it's a time where, you know, you're looking for answers and you're looking around and it's a bit difficult. Um, but besides that, something that I really learned from that experience was, like I talked about earlier, it's not ideal to wait till we're in a certain crisis and then fix that. And it's kind of like the specialist mindset. It's like, well, I'm having a fertility problem, so I have to fix my fertility. Well, it's all just health, right? And and every stage of women's life presents different challenges. So I kind of backed up from that and was like, well, I want to just talk about women's health and and that's and keep keep it interesting and have lots of variety because no matter where you start or what your motivation is, it's something you need to keep up. Like once you make the baby, doesn't mean oh, let's throw all those supplements out the window. 
uh, you need to keep it up. So, so this hormone summit is pretty broad, you know, serving women like throughout their reproductive years. And hopefully it's a first of a series. So we're, we're focusing on hormones this time. And then next I'd like to do nutrition and, you know, kind of bounce around with within topics within women's health. Um, but this summit is, is really great. We start off with some background, like understanding your hormones and the endocrine system. Then we move into specific modalities like PCOS or uh, endometriosis or thyroid conditions, PMS, uh, skin issues. And then we move into food. There's a whole day on food and cooking. And then there's lifestyle, which is your day. You're talking about stress and sleep. Um, so there's a, a fun day on lifestyle. And then the last day will be on supportive modalities, like learning about things like Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, just different systems and op options you have to support your hormones. It, it's all, not it, all, not it's all, but nearly all of the stuff that we're doing when we're working with patients is, is tied into hormones at some level. I mean, there's no part that I've ever found of the body that's not affected by hormones. So I'm glad that you're doing this thing. This is awesome. I'm behind you to, to push you and make this thing an awesome success. So we'll send people to it. They can go sign up for the event and obviously watch all of the talks and check out my talk. They just go to notjustpaleo.com slash hormones. We'll send them over to your summit and there's some killer speakers in there so i'm uh happy to be among the company there yeah some maybe some names you've heard before and the names you maybe haven't heard before just like people i've been following in the hormone world and i really curated this summit like i was you know for instance i was struggling to find someone to talk about holistic skin care and i was like nope we're gonna keep going until we find someone because i know that that's something that you know, women struggle with is hormones in their skin. So we've got a, a lot of um, a lot of fun topics covered, and pretty much every woman has has a few complaints about their hormones. So they can come learn, and practitioners can come learn too. I agree. I agree. Cool. Well, tell people a little bit more about where they can keep up with you. Obviously, the the summit's going to be the main thing that we want people to check out. But where else can they see maybe your podcast, some of your other content? Yeah, so podcast Women's Wellness Radio, easiest ways to look up on your podcast player. And then I, I have two URLs that go to the same place. One is my name, BridgetDanner.com, and the other is Women's Wellness Collaborative, which is kind of the um, the name or the platform I'm building. It's just more of a, a business built on education and, and really combining with other practitioners like yourself you know, kind of highlighting all this different knowledge that's out there that, that, that needs to get out there even more. It sounds fancy. <laughs> it's not that fancy. I like it. Collaborative. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I think it's this important. It's an important concept to me, and I know it is to you, too. It's like I, I really enjoy highlighting other people's gifts and and sharing those plus it makes my job easier because totally. <laughs> i don't have to come up with it myself <laughs> let's be honest totally totally yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's the whole point behind a podcast extract information and spread the wealth i mean I, I live and breathe this stuff and you do too which is which is awesome so i'm glad we could connect for this thing and i look forward to, to keeping in touch yeah thanks so much evan take care all right i hope you enjoyed this episode like Bridget and I were just discussing, men, this is for you too. Go to notjustpaleo.com slash hormones 
and go register for this event. It's a free event that's coming up between April 11th and April 18th, but you can go register now. That way you can get on the list so that you can get free access to the behind-the-scenes talk, including my talk, where my topic is, Is Your iPhone Harming Your Hormones? So I'm going to read you a couple other of these people. I'm really honored to be part of this summit. This is going to be a huge event. I'm going to read off a couple names that are participating in here as well. Dr. Pedram Shojai. We have Sawyer G. We have Dietitian Cassie, Dr. Lauren Noel, Dr. Jolene Brighton, Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci. We have Dr. Jill Carnahan. We have Trudy Scott. We have Dr. Kalish, and on and on. So this is just insane. What a deep roster of experts in this thing. Once again, go to notjustpaleo.com slash hormones. Support Bridget in checking out her free event, which you can also purchase. Obviously, you can purchase all of the talks, and it'll tell you how to do that if you actually want to. Uh, or you can just watch them all for free. So once again, notjustpaleo.com slash hormones. That's my the end of my pitch for that. And then if you would like to discuss your health symptoms, your health goals with me, even if you are not a woman and you're a man and you suspect you have some hormone issues going on, maybe some low testosterone, your libido is not quite what it should be for men or women, definitely go schedule that free consult with me back at my website. This is something I see in my private practice every single week, issues with libido. And it's really not that hard to fix. We just have to fix the underlying causes, take a look at the adrenal system, take a look at all of these hormone systems that actually dictate the function or dysfunction of your hormones. So you can schedule that free consult with me back on my website, not just paleo.com. You will see the free consult button and we'll talk for 15 minutes and make sure we're a good fit for each other. Lastly, I just want to give you a word of wisdom. I was just talking with a potential patient yesterday who had dropped a large sum of money on some type of consultation program with a doctor only to realize that it was not what she wanted and now her gut feeling is telling her it was a bad decision but she's already locked in and she's wanting to work with me. So this isn't to toot my own horn but there's a reason that I run my business a la carte. So basically if you consult with me Everything's a la carte. You pay as you go. I'm not going to sell you on some ten or $15,000 program where you're locked into a year with me. And yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. And I find that a lot of people, they start to get better. So the amount of consultations that may be originally promised to you, you might not need those because you might get better. So it may only take you six months and you don't need the nine-month program. So just if you're not choosing me as your functional medicine practitioner, then make sure whoever you are choosing that, one, you get along with them and that you click. That's why I offer the 15-minute consults to every single potential patient, including you, around the world is because I want to make sure that you and I actually vibe together. I want to make sure when you're listening to the podcast that you feel like, yes, oh, I feel like I would click with this guy. That's what that phone or Skype consult's for, so you and I can actually do that. So that's step one with the person that you're choosing is that you actually have to click with them. You know, step two is that your gut feeling has to tell you that it's a good decision. So a lot of people, including myself, will have a gut feeling and then we may say, huh, is this right? And then we'll try to second guess ourselves. A lot of the time your gut feeling is right. I urge you to go with that gut feeling. Lastly, be your own boss and be 
your own practitioner as well. If someone's telling you, hey, I want you to take this supplement with a bunch of soy in it, and that's just something that you're not interested in doing, then bring it up. If you are getting told that you need to eat peppers because they have good vitamins and minerals, but you believe that you have a nightshade allergy, which could be causing you an autoimmune condition, for example, then cut the peppers out. You don't have to have everything set in stone just because someone quote-unquote prescribes it for you. So make sure that you keep an open mind, but not an open mind so much that your brains fall out. I've heard that saying before. So that's it, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Take care. This is Evan Brand, and enjoy yourself in the meantime. Bye-bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool Kiss her, girl, and I never leaves her She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues Why I'm in a tire, got to watch out, girl Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you